You are listening to the WPPI Podcast, and I am your host, Elena S. Blair. I am a Seattle-based family and newborn photographer, and I've been in the biz for 13 years. I attended my first WPPI conference 11 years ago, and I can say without a doubt that it changed my art, my business, and my life. I wholeheartedly believe in community over competition and know that I grew my community because of WPPI. We are going to bring you real conversations with industry experts to share their journey, passion, and knowledge with you. And of course, to share their WPPI story. Thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Caroline Tran. And if you have not heard of Caroline, I can't wait for you to become familiar with her uh, her brand and her business model. I first met Caroline actually at WPPI. Gosh, I don't even remember how many years ago. <laughs> but um, I immediately went to her Instagram account and was just totally mesmerized. She is a lifestyle wedding and portrait photographer in Los Angeles area. And she has a super interesting history. She started her career as, you know, kind of a side gig along with her physics teaching, which I think is so awesome. I love these hearing these little stories about people. And she has become a an internationally recognized speaker and educator. So I really think that you are going to get a lot of great nuggets of knowledge from her today. I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Welcome, Caroline. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I would try to think of how many years ago that was that we met, maybe three or four? Well, for sure it was pre-pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so that means it's already longer than three. For sure. And I was always like crazy. so impressed with your, this is going to sound silly, but your outfits. Like you always have like the coolest <laughs> vibe every day. And I'm like, oh, I'm so casual. I need to like up my game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only time I get to dress up. <laughs> Because we work from home most of the time, right? <laughs> right. Oh, totally. 100%. I know. It's like, be a grown-up, Elena. Dress up a little bit. So <laughs> I um, the other thing that is really interesting about you is that you are a hybrid photographer. And for those of you who are listening that don't know what that means, that means that she photographs using film and also digital uh, photography. So I would love to hear a little bit about, about that as well some, at some point today. <laughs> But let's start with who you are. Like, let's tell your story. Give us a little bit of your history um, and how you got started in this whole photography thing anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've been in this business for over 14 years now, so there's quite a bit of history. And I feel so weird saying 14 years and feel so old at the same time because it feels just like yesterday when... I just started at WPPI, but I'll get into that in a bit. So let me go backtrack a little. So I come from an immigrant family. I was born here, but my parents were immigrants. And so, you know, their priority for me growing up was to get a stable job. Like what I'm doing now is like their absolute worst nightmare. They wanted me to just get like something that was salaried and stable benefits with pension and, you know, live in the American dream, right? So I was kind of forced into going to sciences when I was picking a major. And they really wanted me to become an engineer. And I didn't want to become an engineer. So I thought I would rebel. And I ended up becoming a physics major. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're such a bad... Bad girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of failed at rebelling there. But <laughs> I liked it for the first two years, ended up hating it. And not that I hate the subject, but I really could not see myself doing this day in and day out. Like this, the lack of human interaction, the lack of creativity was just not what I wanted. Um, but I was already 
three years in deep. And, you know, unless I want to start college all over again, I had to finish. So I sucked it up. And I also knew that I really hated upper division physics. Like it just got to a point where it was so theoretical and irrelevant to my daily life. So I stretched out my college career to five years and I was able to pick up minors. One of the minors was an art minor, a digital arts minor. The other one was education. So my plan was to become a teacher. I like teaching. I like people. I thought that would give me the creativity that I like. But the digital arts minor was what I thought I would do for fun, would be what I needed to support my side hustles. So in the digital arts minor, I learned photography, web design, graphic design, and such. And I loved it. I had so much fun with it. Fast forward, when I was about to graduate with my undergrad, my photography teacher at the time was like, hey, you're graduating. What are you going to do? And I said, oh, I'm starting grad school at UCLA. And he's like, oh my God, I teach extension courses there. I see so much potential in you. You need to just come audit my classes. Like, I'm not even going to charge you. Like, I just would want to keep working with you. And I was like flattered for a second. And then I kind of chuckled and I was like, I'm going to be a grad student. I don't have time for hobbies anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) I ended up going into teaching. It was a two-year program and I was very fully committed to it. Meanwhile, just doing side hustle, like side creativity stuff on the side. And it really was when I was planning my wedding. So, I mean, to speed up the story, that's already, I feel like going too long. But No, no, I love uh, it. This is, I think it's important to know these things. <laughs> like I've always wanted to be creative. So while I was in grad school and while teaching, some of the side hustles that I tried to start was, um, I love fashion. So I was sewing my own clothes at the time because I couldn't afford to buy the nice stuff. So I was sewing my own clothes and then I would sell them in now what would be equivalent to an Etsy shop, but back then they were eBay stores. So I had my own line of clothing and then I branched into something that's super niche and without sounding too weird, but they're dolls. They're like these very cult following dolls, but I was sewing, I started collecting these dolls and I started sewing clothes for these dolls. But I noticed that some of these um, clothes would sell for $10, but there were also clothes that were selling for $800, like a little outfit. So I started sewing clothes and I was studying a lot about the marketing and that this is where my business background and where the foundation of what I'm, what I ended up building my photography business came from. So I started studying these different companies. Like why are some companies selling dresses for $10 when some are able to demand $800 for these dresses? So I started to experiment and it really all came down to branding and good photography. So that's how I had to learn how to photograph my products better. I would photograph them on my dolls, but not only photograph them well, like in terms of technical aspect, but also give them a story, right? I had to personify these dolls and give these items. Like this isn't just another jacket. This is, you know, fits this personality of this retro doll. Like, cause all of my dolls had different personalities. And so this was definitely like for your punk rock girl versus this is for your cutesy girl, right? So then it would, it had a story behind the product. So Yeah, I was creating outfits that were selling for like $500. I would sew a tiny little doll hoodie. And these hoodies are like two inches big. And they were selling for $50 a hoodie. What kind of of dolls are these? I'm I'm curious, actually. Like, what was the doll? Can you say it or is it? Yeah, they're called Blythe. 
But they started off as like vintage in the 70s and then they got remade. Um, And yeah, but they were, it was crazy. Like some of the vintage dolls were selling for like two grand a doll. All of these dolls were at least a hundred a doll. So I was making fun side cash sewing clothes for these dolls. But at the end of the day, what I learned is um, it's not sustainable because I'm a one person shop. So hand sewing all these products. Um, But I also found my passion for photography there. I started to realize like, wow, like I actually really enjoy taking pictures and creating stories, like without even realizing what, realizing it, without even realizing it, what I was actually doing was basically creating ad campaigns, right? Like these these were, and that's why I'm so good in the commercial space right now. Like I just got off of a call with a big commercial client where I was helping them art direct and, you know, come up with the concepts and stuff. But that's what I was doing. I would launch these hoodies or these collections and I would have to come up with a story for that collection, you know, decide which dolls, cast the right dolls, for this. It's, it's literally like playing dolls, but it was right. unknowingly preparing me for what I was about to do next. So I fell into weddings when I was planning my wedding. After, after planning my wedding, I just didn't want to leave the wedding industry. Like I loved weddings so much. So my original thought was I would start designing bridesmaid dresses and then realize like, I don't know anything about manufacturing. I started photographing coworkers, kids, cousins, kids and just slowly by word of mouth my name was spreading and the people started wanting to pay me for photography and so here I am today (laughs) wow well one you know one thing that I want to just pull out of what you just said that I think Mm -hmm. is so important to remember is that everything that we're doing in our life is preparing us for what is coming in the future and you yes. can look back at, you know, I was a nurse, like that's, that has nothing to do with photography at all, but there's so many skills, you know, that I know that I learned just in, in that high stress environment that have made me a really good entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, just, we forget, you know, we are like, oh, I don't know. I went to school for this one thing and maybe it's never going to, how can I, you know, switch gears completely, but it's all, it's all important and it all helps you to become the person that you are now. So I love hearing that story. Absolutely. And that's what I always tell people too, like with teaching, like a lot of people always comment on like how calm and collected I am and how I'm able to troubleshoot really quickly. And at weddings, especially people always comment like how like reassuring my presence is. I was like, that's all from teaching. (laughs) Like that's what you had to do. You had to manage a, you know, a crowd and sometimes a rowdy crowd and make it seamless. Yeah. And obviously you are the back to the, the doll thing. I mean, I picked up on your fashion love for sure, because that's definitely, there are some people that just really know how to express themselves with their fashion. And I feel like you do that as well. So I loved hearing all of that. That That's so cool. Well, you said something about like how you are good at ad campaigns and marketing. And I think that I didn't realize that you were doing commercial work as well. Although now that I'm on your Instagram, obviously you are, (laughs) but this is probably why you're so good at marketing yourself and your own photography business, right? Would you say? Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those where it's it's always easier to do it for someone else than yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're so great. Like your um, reels like go viral sometimes. I mean, you're really like known for that. So how did you, would you say that that's from, from some of that like, you know, background that you have 
that you're able to do that? I think it's from my storytelling nature. I think okay. what I think what makes me good at the ad campaigns and stuff is because I'm a good storyteller. Like I, my dad loved telling me stories growing up, and you know I was always mesmerized by it and always asking him to tell me the story again. And I think I just picked up the love of storytelling from that. And so every time I'm at a shoot or even before a shoot, I'm always asking myself, like, what am I trying to do here? Like, what's my point? What's, what am I trying to convey? So I think one, every email that I write, every post that you see on social media, like I've, it's not the post itself that took a long time. It's the thought that had to go into it leading up to it that took a long time. Cause it's like thinking about like, what's my point here? Like, why, why does this matter? What impact am I trying to make? Cause I want it to be more than just a pretty photo. Cause people do get over that very quickly. Indeed. Um, I tell my students that, you know, a successful photography business is just about 20% being a good photographer. <laughs> yeah, It's all the other parts. And a big part of that is that brand, that storytelling that you're talking about, but creating that brand that, that people connect with. Mm-hmm. And you are, you are very good at it. Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit to the whole hybrid thing. I think mm-hmm. that I like that you do both because I think that there's this very, there's like a line in the sand. It's like, I'm a film shooter and this is all that I do. Mm-hmm. And the way that you photograph people digitally is all wrong, <laughs> or maybe not quite that <laughs> that bad, but there are some pretty strong yeah. feelings for those yeah. people that are film. And then the other side, which is, I'll admit, me, where I'm like, I'm digital. I'm too lazy for film. I don't think I could ever slow down enough to <laughs> to work that way. But so how is it that you do both and why do you do both? So... When I started 14 years ago, digital photography is not where it's at today. So if I had started photography today, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have ended up going into film. But when I was doing the digital arts minor in undergrad, it was entirely film. So I already had a love of film from that. Like I was in the darkroom developing my own stuff and I really enjoyed the process. When I started going into the business though, I did start off digital and I actually started using the school's camera. The school had invested in a camera to document stuff for, I don't know, yearbook or whatever. So I volunteered to hold on to the camera and help shoot whenever I could. So on the weekends I had the body and I would just invest in better lenses for it. And that's how I got back into photography because I hadn't touched it for two years while I was in grad school. So you know, relearning it did for digital felt really foreign and different. And then having to learn the editing and stuff after, but I never was happy with the look though, is what it came down to. It just never felt like the colors and the bokeh, the quality of it was just not ever the same. So when I started looking at work that I do like, I realized that they all happen to be film. So then that's when I picked up a film camera again. You know, I started off with just a 35 millimeter film camera and eventually moved into medium format film, but I just love the colors and the process of it. I think the reason why I am, like people often comment how efficient of a shooter I am. I don't overshoot at all. And I think that all comes from my background of shooting 
medium format film because it's expensive. Like every cut right. costs money. So I've just become very thoughtful about my shoots and I don't need, I don't need many shots. You know, like when I do photo walks at, at WPPI or any other conferences, I'll sometimes hear some people who feel like, it feels to me like they're just keeping their hand on the shutter the whole time. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I just think about the culling process after. Um, yeah. But for me, I'm very, I'm very efficient. But I think because of the film background I have, it's forced me to be really thoughtful about what's in the scene. Is my horizon level? Do I need to move anything? You know, like fix it in camera before you click the shutter. Yeah, yeah. It's And that's definitely such a, you know, uh, I don't know what I guess the right word is, but it's it's a not a problem, but it's something or a habit would be the word that mm-hmm, I would use. Mm-hmm. It's a habit that you can get into so easily with digital because of that, you know, disposable nature, free. basically. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's not. It isn't something that you have to. But you're absolutely right. If if you're taking years to call through the photos that you're taking, then perhaps you're taking too many. <laughs> right. And like something that I've had to teach my second shooters, and I even do this myself, because when I shoot digital, sometimes I find myself falling into this trap of being trigger happy and I just start clicking too much. And when I stopped to think about it, I realized I was doing it usually for one reason. And the reason was I wasn't satisfied with the well, I guess two reasons. One was I either wasn't satisfied with the shots or I f- was afraid of awkward silences. So I just felt like I just had to keep doing something. And so I tried to be very cognizant of this. And this is what I teach my second shooters too. It's like, if you find yourself taking the same shot again, stop and ask yourself, why are you doing this? Because if you didn't change anything, you're just going to get the same shot again. So if you are shooting it because you're not happy with the first attempt, then ask yourself why, what, what are you not happy with before you try to click it again? Otherwise, you're just going to end up with duplicate shots, right? And if it's because of you're not sure what to do next, then just stop and take a breath. There's nothing wrong with that. Put the camera down, talk to your clients or your subjects and see what inspires you next from there. It's okay to just put the camera down sometimes. Such good advice. It's so true. I think that I do that. I need to like really check myself. I think I'm afraid of awkward silences. I just want to be like, go, 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 go. My shoots are really fast too Mm -hmm. because of it. But I do think that I definitely am afraid of an awkward silence. (laughs) Wow. I just let, you just took me to school today, Caroline. I'm going to go check myself on that. But it's, it's, it really is though. There is, if you, if you're listening and you haven't watched a film photographer work because it's, possible because it's not as common anymore. It's this intentional, you know, everything about it seems so intentional and um, the whole process is slower. And, and I love that about it. It's really beautiful. And I, I mean, I, of course I love the look, but I do love that process with film photography. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's swerve into um, uh, your education. So you are a speaker, mm-hmm. you are an educator, you have a pretty busy education platform of your own, it would seem. Mm-hmm. So tell me what got you started in in that and, and how you got started at WPPI actually. Yeah. So WPPI holds a very special place in my heart. When I first started as a photographer, um, I was still teaching and it being a photographer was really just a dream. I know this is probably counterintuitive of 
maybe how other people started, but I actually dreamt of running a photography business without knowing much about photography other than what I took in undergrad. Like I just, I fell in love with the wedding photographer's life, I guess, world. Like when I was planning my wedding, I was just following a lot of photographers' blogs at the time. And I just loved the stories that they got to tell. I just thought, wow, like what an honor, you know, that you get to Hmm. tell these wedding stories, these baby stories. And, um, and just being able to be part of people's lives like that just sounds so cool. And so, um, but I wasn't a photographer though. I had no experience in photography other than like, you know, me playing around with my dolls. So at the time I reached out to someone who I did know was a photographer and we almost partnered because I was like, I just want to run a photography business. I have this idea of the type of business I would want. And I just need a photographer. So can you be the photographer? Like, That's I, I, super interesting. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever heard anyone say that. Usually it's like, I love photography. Now I got to be a business owner. You're like, no, no, no. I right. got the business down. Yes. Let me, but will you take the pictures for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> I so, love that. And I, I like, that's what I said. I was like, I don't think it's like how most people end up in the business. But for me, I actually fell in love with the business first. Like I was like, I want to be part of these people's stories. I want to meet these people and like be able to have these genuine connections with them to the point where they're willing to open up and, you know, be so vulnerable to you. And like, what an honor that would be. And so fortunately the partnership didn't work out. We did try, like we had a name, we had a website up and everything, but in the end it was just a difference in, um, in values that we're like, oh, like we're not looking to run the same type of business. So luckily we called it off before any paid clients came along. Um, But at that point, that's when I was like, what if I learned it? What if I was able to acquire the skills that was required to uh, fill the demand of this type of business that I have in my head? And so that's what I did. I started uh, photographing a ton of coworkers' kids and practicing on them. And then my first gig came when my coworker said, hey, my cousin is getting married. And this is actually how the partnership broke up. Um, my, my coworker said, my cousin is getting married. What if you shoot their engagement party? As And it was a Vietnamese um, engagement, which can look very ceremonial, similar to a wedding. Like not as grand, but it has like certain elements to it. So I was like, this could be an opportunity to build portfolio. So that's when I reached, uh, approached my then partner and was like, hey, like, let's take this. You know, they said they'll pay us something small, like, but I really don't care about the pay anyway, because we need the wedding portfolio. And um, that's when partner was like, I'm not, you know, I'm too good for that. I'm not going to be tested. Like they can pay my full rate if they want. And I'm like, yeah, but you have no wedding portfolio. <laughs> so yeah. that's is an important little piece though. Really quickly, I would like to speak <laughs> yeah. to you. I really, I just want to stop you there is that there's this, I don't know this. It, there are people who believe, or, you know, her like, I just want to make full, you know, price right off the bat. I don't have the experience. And I, I mean, it's amazing when people have that kind of confidence, but I do think yeah. it's very rare that you really do need to get some experience. You yeah, have and there's to, nothing wrong with that. No. And <laughs> there's a, um, you know, people will say like, charge full price or charge nothing, like go out and get that experience mm-hmm. because then you'll have a portfolio that is 
that will be able to attract and command right. that high price you want to get. You have right. you can't rush your come up. You have mm-hmm. to do the steps, take the steps. So anyway, I'm yeah. glad you said that. No, but that's <laughs> this is how I threw myself into it. I was like, I'm going to take this gig. So now let me go learn everything I need to learn that involves covering a wedding ceremony. <laughs> and so I bought a flash for the first time and practiced in my house and I got a 7200 for the first time and I I actually did a decent job. Like I did I did a pr- I'm proud for it being my first gig, you know. I mean, I don't recommend like jumping in there with no experience. I practiced, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like I just winged it at the event. Like I really visualized what I would need in order to succeed at this event. So my ex- I had my exposure down. Like shooting manual was not a concern for me at all. You know, I thought about what lenses, lighting I would need, got those, and I was able to do it. They loved the work. They paid me, I think, $800 for that for that engagement party. And then they ended up hiring me for a, a full wedding package after, which was engagement session and a wedding coverage. So then I had that in my belt. So I knew I had this coming up in a year. So I was like, all right, I have a year to now study what it will take to complete this wedding at the level that I want to complete it at. Yeah. Wow. So cool. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're scrappy and that's my, my favorite kind of person. That's amazing. <laughs> but you're also so it's, you're scientific. Probably there's no shock there. I mean, you're very much like you're purposeful about the things that you do. So tell me that, okay, you were just going to say that the WPPI has a special place in your heart though. How does that tie Yes. In? Yeah. Sorry. I, no, it's I okay. so many things to share, you know, but yeah, so, I love it. <laughs> but within that first year while I was teaching as well, I finally had the courage to tell my wedding photographer that I am now wanting to be a wedding photographer. I was embarrassed for a long time because I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm one of those brides that mm-hmm. became a photographer, you know, and I just didn't feel like I was worthy to say that I was a photographer and I don't want to be judged. And so I waited until I was like pretty proud of my work before I told her. But as soon as I told her, she welcomed me into her circle and they were going to WPPI. And so within my first year of trying to do this, I took days off of work and went to Vegas. (laughs) And (laughs) it was like the best experience ever. Like, And I can say for certain that I wouldn't have grown as fast as I did if it wasn't for WPPI because I went in my first year. I had zero clue what to expect. Like I told you, I was taking gigs that I was technically underqualified for, you know, but just learning really fast to make sure that I didn't fail at it. But when I went to WPPI, that is what gave me a vision of where I needed to be, right? When I do coaching like or consulting with other photographers the way I describe growth is like it's like staircases or like plateaus right so the growth is never linear we hit walls every time you have to level up and oftentimes these walls are so high you actually don't even know what's on the other side or on that next level and you need someone and this is why I really believe in having mentors and, and coaches but you really need someone who already is experienced on that other level to tell you what to expect and to lend you a hand to pull you up. Because if you are at the bottom, you can't even see what's up there. Like you can't even imagine what's up there, let alone knowing what it takes to get there, right? So going to WPPI was a really quick way for me to see what my end goal needed to be. So 
at that very first WPPI that I went to, I wasn't even a professional photographer yet at the time. I was still teaching, but it immediately gave me access to like industry leaders. And I was able to see so many different genres of photographers that I was able to quickly identify who were my mentors or who I wanted to strive to be like. So I felt like that saved me years of trial and error because I was now able to see exactly like there was like, you know, maybe like a handful of people. I'm like, that's where I want to be. Like, and let me see what they did. Let me see what they're doing. This is what I am going to start striving towards. And so it just made my path a lot clearer. It made my path a lot straighter and which is faster because it avoided all these unnecessary turns along the way. But yeah, yeah, that's why I love WPPI so much. And I, at the time, I remember listening to some really inspiring speakers and just thinking, one day I want to be there. You know, because I was, I'm a teacher, right? So it's like I got my master's in teaching. So I can't escape like that desire that I have, like that innate desire I have to mentor and teach others. Mm-hmm. So when I saw these people speaking, I'm like, I want to be that one day. I want to be a speaker. Like I want to be so good at what I do that I'm able to teach others and help others along the way too. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at now. <laughs> I can relate that to that. I feel like my first WPPI, I thought I want that. Yeah. Like I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't know I didn't know what I was getting into when I went to WPPI and I didn't realize that there were these photographers that were so inspiring and so accomplished and so well spoken and mm-hmm. um and yeah, yet but, so willing to share. And so willing to share. One hundred percent. I just I've always said I will be an open book. Because there are some communities Roberto didn't feel like he agreed with me, but there are some communities in our industry that are a little catty and and not yeah. so give and not so giving but There's WPPI clicks. is not like that. Yeah, yeah for right. sure. But WPPI doesn't feel like that. It never did for me either. Right. Yeah, God. And I the metaphor is so good too. You're right. Mentorship and coaching. I have a coaching program. I know you do it too and it's like so important or you will stumble and you can probably do it on your own, but it'll take lots and lots and lots of more extra time yeah. <laughs> to get yeah, getting help is like so important. Yeah, it just expedites the process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I think the other thing that I love about WPPI is the community, because that's where I made my other industry friends. That's where I made all of my industry friends, you know, like running your own business. Well, even if you start like a huge corporation, but running your own business is very lonely. It feels like being on an island. Even if you have a ton of employees, you still are the boss. And so it's not really like they're your friends. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's still boundaries there. And so WPPI is like the only time where we actually get to see each other all in person, hang out. And it's also like, it became my annual reflection time of year where I would just start thinking about like where I'm at, what I'm proud of and what I want to accomplish by the next WPPI. So next year when I come back to WPPI, what do I want to be able to stand for at that time? Mm, I love that. What a great intention. 
you're, you're weaving me, you're this beautiful story of who you are, Caroline, which I love, but just because <laughs> you are very much a person who's intentional, right? You think about like, how am I going to, you know, use this experience to better myself and make sure that I'm staying accountable to the things that I'm, the goals that I'm setting. And I love that. It's kind of like your own personal photography new year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, and it's just, I, you know, you're so, you leave an in-person event like WPPI inspired. And it's sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I will always say that like, I can't tell you the thing that I learned. Like I, I won't be able to say necessarily, like I, I learned this lighting technique or I mean, maybe I will, but right. most times it's just that I come home so inspired and in, and mm-hmm. seeing all of these amazing thing, things happening in these people's lives and seeing these photographers doing all these other innovations. And I'm like, just, it makes me, it puts the fire under my butt to get stuff done. Uh, So just even that, just the, like from being there. Right. Not just from the talks, but from the trade show too, because you're seeing all the new products come out too. So I love walking the trade show floor. And most of the times I like, there are some years where I feel like, eh, like been there, done that already. All my systems are working just fine. Right. And then there are some years where like, new technology just comes out and really rocks everything and change like turns the industry upside down. And I feel like this is going to be that year. Like there's huge amounts of AI happening right now. And AI has really is going to change the way we work, our workflows. And this is where you're going to go see where all, what it does, what all the new technology is. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, especially being in business for 14 years, I definitely, it's like every couple of years, things really turn upside down. And if you don't change with it, you fall behind, right? Like even in terms of just web design, like if you think way, way back in the day, there was a time where flash was in, right? Like flash websites, animated flash websites were in. If anyone's been around long enough to know that. Yeah. Um, No, that's what I, when I do reviews now, I say, you know, back in, I always say in the old days, I'm 13th year of business. So right about the same Mm -hmm. as you, when we started, we could put this big, beautiful flash um, Mm -hmm. slideshow and people stayed and watched where now your user is only there for five seconds before they decide if you're the photographer for them. So you got it that no one's going to be watching a flash slideshow anymore, but that's like exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Things are changing and you have to, you have to change with them. Yeah. So that's, that's what my class this year is going to be about. Just the new face of a website and how you can really use your website to automate a lot of your sales now. But a lot of this technology like was not available before. And right. There's a lot of new technology out right now this year. And the only place you can see it all at one spot will be something like WPPI, where all the vendors are there to show. So if you want to be comparing and contrasting competitors, like this is the place to go. If you want to see what the newest innovations are out there that can potentially really change the way you're running your business, like you won't want to miss this. Otherwise, it's going to just take you longer to try to get all the information, right? And the trade show floor is such an interactive space, too. If you're mm-hmm. listening and you've never been to something like this, I mean, yes, there's the big camera companies, and that's interactive. You get to get your hands on those cameras. But there's also all of the different technology, that, and they have you know computers set up for you to try it right there. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to wait or you don't have to download a trial or anything like that. You get to just play right there. It's, yeah. so, it's so awesome. It's so hands-on. Yeah. So I'm excited for WPPI. Me too. I am as well. Well, all right. Well, I want to get to my final questions here for you that you gave so much 
So much great insight. And so I'm about to go slow down. I have a shoot this (laughs) evening and I'm going to take a pause. (laughs) I definitely took way too many photos at my shoot this morning. So you're giving me some inspiration. But I want to ask you a couple questions just to round this out. What would you say is something that you can't live without in your photography business? If you had to pick one thing, what would it be? Mm -hmm. This probably doesn't sound intuitive, but what have I said today? was intuitive anyway, right? <laughs> but my wellness, like self-care. Ah. Because if if I when I don't take care of myself, I lose motivation, I lose inspiration, and I don't want to do anything. So even if I have the best camera or best gear, like I won't be able to do anything with it because I don't feel like it. So when I'm in my best shape mentally and physically, that's when I am the best leader to be able to manage my team and be most present for my clients, to be able to bring out the best energy in them and the most creative as I'm creating. So, Yeah. Wow. That's so important. And I'm glad that you said that. You're the first person to say that, but it's it's something that we can really forget when we are our own business owner, you know, and many of us are parents as well. And mm-hmm. um, you can put everything but our wellness first. Mm-hmm. So Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think the same can be said about parenthood too. I have two boys. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention that today, but they're a big part of my life and a big reason for why I run my business the way I have and why I've evolved my business to what it is today was all because of them and the time I want to spend with them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What would you say to someone who is just starting their journey? If you could give them one little piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would tell them to start backwards, start the business with intention. So really think about what you want the end to look like and then work backwards from there on how you will get there. That's awesome. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of, a lot of photographers that I've talked to never really quite thought about their end. Like, are you, is this going to be a business you end up selling off one day? Is this just going to fizzle out? Is this going to be something that you end up managing with other people working it, right? So what does that end look like? And that will give you more clarity on how you need to start. Mm. Gosh, just dropping all the knowledge today, Caroline. It's something (laughs) that I've definitely been thinking about. I think when you're 13 years in business and you said it it is, I feel a little bit like an old one in the business now. I'm like, wow, I'm like one of the veterans, (laughs) no longer the newbie. And But it is something that I've been thinking about. Like, am I going to be a photographer forever? You know, what... What is the transition? And I do now have associates and I've been starting to think about that, but it was definitely not, I wasn't working backwards and it it is really, really important to get that clarity. So it's such great advice, like never too soon. Um, All right. Well, finally, the very last question is why should someone come to WPPI? And you've already given us lots of reasons, but let's give a little, a few more. I mean, I've given all... I think the biggest reasons you guys should come, but what I haven't mentioned would be opportunity to interact and network with photographers like Elena and I in person. There's parties at night. There's happy hours that happen. You can catch us, you know, as we walk through the trade show floor, you can stop to say hi. And you usually don't get that kind of in-person, like face-to-face time with Mm -hmm. so many uh, photographers that you may be following or admiring. And so this is a great time to uh, 
leave an impression and make some connections and possibly gain a mentor along the way. Yeah, such good advice. And I think with uh, those of us that do mentor and coach and educate, sometimes the online space gets very noisy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we get a lot of direct messages and emails and, and whatnot. And we can't, we simply can't answer all of them. Our time is just, you know, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a limit. But when we go to a a trade show or we go to a a conference like WPPI, I I think I'll speak for myself, but you sort of just said it is that my doors are open. I'm there Mm -hmm. for those days to give back to our community. And I want Mm -hmm. to meet people. I want you to come and say hello to me. I want to give you advice and help you along the way and maybe make, you know, make a friend or two, of course, but also just really support our industry. And I think that it's so true that you get that at these conferences in a way that you just cannot get online. Mm -hmm. Well, Caroline, that was a awesome conversation. You like I said, I'm like, wow, there's some things I really need to think about now. She's like <laughs> dropping all the knowledge. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to think about what's next. But um, where can people find you online? What's going on with you right now? Where would you like them to connect? Yeah. I mean, for the most obvious place would be Instagram at Caroline Tran. Um, I post a lot of my updates there, my behind the scenes of what I'm up to, a lot of silliness and as well. If you're looking for a lot of if you're looking for my education stuff, you can go to carolinetraneducation.com and see the courses and mentoring sessions that I have available. But we cover, yeah, we cover anything from like how to shoot, all the technical aspects of becoming a solid shooter to business. I have business courses as well and also mini session courses too. All right, great. Thank you so much. Well, I've if if you're looking for a mentor, I mean, seriously, like I said, in this in this conversation, you've dropped a bunch of knowledge just in the short time that we had together. So I'm sure it would be nothing but high, high value. Well, I am so excited to see you in a couple of weeks. And thank yes. you so much for your time today, Caroline. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You guys too. Thank you so much for listening to the WPPI podcast. We will be releasing new episodes every single Wednesday. So make sure that you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to tune in so you never miss an episode. See you soon.